Today's full disclosure episode features special guest star powerhouse Zara Newman. After growing up in Kingston, Jamaica, she moved to Queensland at the age of 14. And after graduating from the Victorian College of the Arts in 2008, she quickly established herself as one of Australia's premier actors. She has featured at the Melbourne Theatre Company, Sydney Theatre Company, Bell Shakespeare, Malthouse Theatre and Belvoir, and is currently starring as Nabalungi in the smash-hit Broadway musical The Book of Mormon. She is a three-time Helpman nominee, winner of the Green Room Award for Best Female Actor, and was the winner of Best New Talent at the 2017 Actor Awards. She will be performing her award-winning one-woman show, Random, at Belvoir Street from October 18. It is our pleasure to bring you Zara Newman, as you've never heard her before. Sydney and Melbourne. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dorge podcast. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure in the raw. Raw, raw, raw. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure. No holds barred. No holds barred. Full Disclosure, episode 14, special guest with us, Zara Newman, star of Book of Mormon and many other projects over the years, uh, multi-award winning, actor award winning, oh, oh. just uh, covered in glory, left, right Jeez. and centre. <laughs> covered in something. Uh, <laughs> and what a coup it is to have her on board. Um, and she was just telling me uh, off microphone uh, the connection between her and Jamie Timoney, which uh, is pretty bizarre, actually. Yes. So you went to school together. I knew that already, we right? Went, yeah, we went to um, this uh, <laughs> weird drama school in Toowoomba, of all places. Um, for I think we were only there together for about a year, and then Jamie went off to greater, grander things, floating with the mermaids or something like that. Um, but yeah, we were at school together, and then really randomly, I was telling Dorji the story, really randomly, my mom, who lives in Jamaica met his uncle who lives in Scotland at a conference in England or something. And they just got to talking. My mom and his uncle just got to talking. Um, and my up? mom mentioned, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, my, <laughs> my mom mentioned that she had a daughter who was studying acting in Australia. And he went, oh, I've got a nephew who's studying acting in Australia. And it was fucking Jamie Timoney's uncle. Wow. Well, I think that's pretty. What was the conference? Oh, some educational leadership, something. Oh, they teachers some or something, or academics. Well, my or... mom's an academic. Yeah. Oh, she is. Yeah. In what field? Education, leadership. I don't know, man. Don't ask me questions about this. I don't know about these things. I don't know about these things. No, I sort of like. I sort of like. You know, when you vaguely know what your parents do, but you actually don't. It's like my sister. I don't know what my sister actually does. She did. She did a master's in in maths and modeling processes but i don't know what, what? that actually means you say maxim is in the magazine maths ma- oh maths ma- <laughs> i thought you said maths ma- mathematics yes. and yes. modeling processes okay and i'm like what does that mean like what do you do so nothing to do with the catwalk obviously or no. photographer photographs no. it's nothing to do she it's modeling like photographs of herself oh she does well, yeah. who doesn't from how old is your sister actually 25 oh, yeah. Yeah. well i just came back from spending the grass where it was 19 year old so i've been surrounded by those instagramming their way through the festival I so hate it. it's a I thing it. it's definitely a thing but Jono, uh, you're familiar <laughs> with education. You're a teacher yourself these days, even though you're not qualified. Well, as no, far I, as I'm I, I have a, I have a, um, a separated at birth thing as well with um, you, Zara. We uh, were with the same agent. I just found out through oh. my vigorous re- research. You're with JM, right? Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, but I, what I, happened, um, mate? I didn't have such Do you, a positive. Why, why'd you leave her, mate? Is there something I need to know? <laughs> Actually, I'm one of the few people that did leave her because she's famous for just just cutting actors left, right, really. Center, which oh my gosh, yeah, so. I don't know this. How yeah, have I managed to she, stay on the good you're, side? You're you know you're you a, stop a, a regular amazing contract, so she won't cut you. But um, I'm not going to get you to say anything bad about her, I guess, because <laughs> she's your agent. Oh my gosh! No, but seriously, why'd you leave her? Yeah, you didn't answer the question at all, dude. 
Oh, sorry. Well, she... I was scared of her. She's like this imposing oh, Polish lady that... Come on. She signed me on... I was... Um, my agent, uh, Liz Fell, left the country. She went to America and just abandoned all her books, which is quite traumatic. And so, um, a mate, Hamish Michael, put me in touch with her. And um, I think my, my big problem was she's Polish and her name's Milosh. Yeah. And I'm Czech and Jewish. And when she signed me, I was like, it's going to work well, right? Because we're both Jews. <laughs> she... She kind of oh. just looked at me funny after I said that and never put me up for an audition. No, she put me up for a few auditions. But she, does she still have the, the dogs up in the office? Like you go up and you get barked at by a dog. Your, Your picture's always kind of going so off the wall. so different to mine. Your experience. See, like you, you, you're going, oh, you go up the stairs and you're just getting barked at by these dogs. I walk up the stairs and there's these lovely puppies and they come and greet you and they say <laughs> hi. And then they kind of like meet you and then they kind of like go away and do their own like puppy life shit. Um, <laughs> yours is probably true, but that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, guess- yeah yours are wolves and hers are chihuahuas, <laughs> <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> um, but she's not in those offices anymore above, she used to be above Borscht. Borscht Vodka Tears. Yeah, Borscht Vodka Street. and Tears. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is that? She- Can you explain that to our listeners? What is Borscht? Oh, is oh, it, it's borscht a- well, Borscht is actually a Polish soup. Yeah. Actually. Um uh, you can you can make it either hot or cold. You oh, okay. can do the borscht, either hot or cold. Um, uh, so it's like a restaurant bar, this place? Yes, it's like a vodka bar cool. slash restaurant. Awesome. Mostly vodka bar. Nice. Um, and I used to work there. Uh, and oh. Joanna used to be, I th- I'm pretty sure she used to be a part owner. She did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then something. And full-time bar fly. Oh, really? Right. No, I don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's not an alcoholic, dude. <laughs> Did she sw- sweep you up straight after uh, out of drama school? Look, she was she was one of the uh, pretty keen ones. Um, I do know. I mean, she could have lied about this. You know, you never know. They always lie. They're like real estate agents. I just lie about everything. Um, <laughs> but she told me that she had seen every production that I'd done in third year. That she'd come, so she kind of got Ooh, a good. scope of my work. <laughs> Sorry, for listeners, this is the third year of VCA, Victorian College of the Arts, which is where Zara went, which is also famous, funnily enough, for culling quite heavily. It's one of the few drama schools which really has a process where they whittle it down to the, the finest products, if you will. Well, I wouldn't say any more than NIDA, the National Institute of Dramatic Art, does really? in Sydney. I thought they did. What? I thought they they got rid of a lot. It was like Survivor VCA the first famous year. As, like, gets, gets, you know, they get only like 12, don't well, they? Well, they're not allowed to do that anymore because now we're part of the University of Melbourne. And so there's like 36 people rolling around the floor in Whoa. first year. Yeah, it's like... And do they graduate all 36 now or what? Well, they sort of have to. They kind of... They, they went through a process. I don't even know where it's at now, but they went through a process of like changing the whole structure of the course. And so you would do like two years and then you would do like an honours year to do like the real acting stuff. Look, I don't know. It's be, to, to try and ma- manage the large numbers. Who was of the head of, was it Lindy that was the head of? Lindy was the head when I was there. She left halfway through and then Richard Murphitt was, I think. So name Lindy Davies. Lindy She's Davies. a very controversial Lindy character. Lindy Davies. She famous. is yes, famous. famously yeah. controversial. She was, um, she was in Malcolm. She was, yes. And something mm. else. Was she in Prisoner? Like you. You're in the new Prisoner. I was in the Wentworth, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. uh, picked up a sweet little uh, award oh, look, for your trouble. Yeah. Best newcomer. There you go. Fresh, Being the fr- fresh freshest grad. face on the block after 12 years. It's like Ivan Donato told me, like, he got a gig at the STC and on the on the, on the the pamphlet it said, introducing Ivan Donato. Yeah. And he'd been out of drama school for, like, seven or eight years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it's like, do we really have to do that? Like, yeah, we're introducing you to our subscribers. It's a new thing yeah. for them. It's kind of like suddenly you're a fresh face. Did you face, thank Joanna? Did you thank Joanna in your speech? Do you know what, Jono? I did not go. To the nice. Oh, you sent ceremony. Do you send someone in? Like, I sent Marlon Joanna, style? so she could feel all of the things that you know one's agent needs to feel in those situations because she was there and she got uh-huh. to. Yep. She got to get the award and give the speech. I wrote a little speech that was pretty, um, you know, diplomatic. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, my experience on Wentworth was was interesting. It was it was really great. It was like a great show to work on, but um, yeah, I just had some questions about sort of what I was actually portraying. Yeah, my involvement. <laughs> this is getting way too political. What were you? No, it's great. It's great. Um, what did you do? What What was your crime? Well, or, or I, alleged crime? I so I was 
I was play. I ultimately played a refugee inmate. Like you, George. Uh, sorry, I'd oh, home and away. You mean when I played the? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and a refugee inmate from an unnamed, generic sort of Africany place. Generic that has Africa. People that from Africa like yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I That's think not a that crime the to be a refugee. But, but I think that the um, intent, the original aim, may have been to have someone of Sudanese descent in that role i think i think that that was kind of the yeah it's very topical in melbourne right now and it was then when we were shooting and it was just before sunshine came out which was another tv series that kind of focused on the african australian community particularly in melbourne um anyway i like that a lot yeah um i I binged that did you watch it i haven't watched any of it yeah it was yeah it was good I thought it was excellent. Yeah, well, he said he finished I mean, it. I love, I'm a sucker for anything with for Jono. If he gets through right. about half or an episode, his attention span's not the best. So if he right. finished it, he genuinely liked it. Is kind of went. if there's if there's sport involved, I, I I will tear up so quickly. Really? And it was yeah, it was. Re- I thought it was really good. I'm more I'm into the pol- political ones. I like the political. We can, ones. We're hearing that. So yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, I would, would never and have thought that. And then we invited Zara over our comedy podcast, and she kept talking about politics. It was really boring. And then it kind of turned to this, like, protest thing about fucking race and, rah, and Africans. Rah. Um, so you, you objected to a little... You, so you felt like, in terms of where they were going, it was what, no, stereotypical I didn't, I didn't in some ways? Object, that- listen, I, I've got to say, full disclosure, good, I good. did not object yes. to you. anything. I felt... I felt like I needed to probably ask some questions, which I kind of sort of did in a way, but in the position that I was in and feeling very powerless in the interactions that I was having with the people with the power to make the changes. um, Yeah, I I kind of, I guess I picked my battles. I, I was like, look, this is what it is. I've been hired for this job and I'm not here for six months. I'm here to shoot six eps. So you know, I, I can do this. I can totally do what they're asking. I just think that what they actually want, that what they actually want is inclusivity and to be diverse and to to portray uh, a landscape on the screen that is diverse. And I think that's really good and commendable. But then, But then I think that they should be invested in that actual diversity. So don't hire me as a person who's clearly biracial and not, uh, you know, doesn't look at all like like a refugee um to do a sort of generic kind of vague african accent you know what i mean like it just be specific about what stories it is you want to tell and actually you know all of the stuff that i had to do i guess my question to them was um you know why does she need to be a refugee like what is it that's important in the telling of this character's story that is important about her being a refugee or do you just want to put someone who's a refugee on the screen like that's that's the end game you know um because actually all of the action that i did in the story was about revenge it was about revenge and jealousy and love which are all just like human traits that like people who whether they're asian or black or brown or white or you know in <laughs> any number of people from any sort of makeup. Very vengeful feel. people, those Inuits. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Vengeance is a kind of... <laughs> Not a lot of love there, I heard, apparently. <laughs> Not so affectionate, unfortunately. No foreplay. Really? Yeah, yeah. Lots of words for snow, though. Snow. Apparently. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. They've got like 60, 60 different words for snow. <laughs> okay, enough of the Inuits. Yeah. Um, uh, not the, not the rapper Snow from their song Informer. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just snow, one for him and it's shit. is actually Canadian. Ah, another Canadian. Yes. John is a big yes. fan of Canadians. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you had a call. I'm a big fan week. of Canadians and hip hop. Yes. Well, you know, and he committed a murder. What? Snow? No. Snow did. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, in yeah. the, in the song, just... you mean, you idiot. Oh, <laughs> no. no, really? No, look him up. Yeah, he killed someone. Uh, yeah. uh, so, really? was that, so was it prophetic, the song, in some ways? Because he won't turn informer think, uh, in the song, but he ends up going down for he does go to jail because he's in jail in the actual clip do you remember that he's like behind bars yeah I'm not sure what happens what happened first if he killed someone before the song or after we'll have to look into that Chicken does the anyone know the actual lyrics yeah. but he licked the, the boom boom there do you know do you know, do the, you know I don't the know. actual no, lyrics no I lick your boom boom down is the one I normally go <laughs> down or there I, 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 I lick your boom boom down oh wow I'm not sure I know snow won't turn informer I know that bit That's I always do that bit really well no, I mean, I felt like I'd do it well, but you always think you do something where you don't really know. There is a link there because of Wentworth and prison. That's right. It's, it's there we all, go. It's all about yeah. being in chains. No holds barred. 
On that note, Zara, just going back, I couldn't help but think, whenever you're talking about something about yourself, I think about myself throughout the process while you're talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just the way I operate. Yeah. You know that already yeah. about me. Mm-hmm. So I did have because yeah. I get cast. It's that light just shining back onto Dorji. Just shine that light right back onto me. Yeah, yeah, I know your troubles and your trauma, but just turn that turn that light and shine it on me. Well, I mean, I'm, get bi- I'm biracial and I... Um, I had to play a refugee on Home and Away, and I got called into the office by this guy before you know, when he pitched me the idea uh, and said he he just witnessed the Cronulla riots. He's down in Maroubra during the Cronulla riots, oh, yeah. so he was the executive EP of um, Home and Away. He said he decided he wanted to do something about it for the average Australian. So he'd written this storyline, and I'm just wondering if it felt where it fits into how you feel about things or what you think about it, if it's justified or not. Basically, if they're doing it, he'd written a storyline where um, there was refugees, a refugee played by myself who was Indonesian who spoke in Indonesian throughout. The actual show with subtitles oh. on Home and Away, oh. so oh. I had to phonetically learn Indonesian for the role. And I had a little yeah. son called Bung Bung, who was. He'll <laughs> <laughs> always laugh at that. I don't know why. So I had a little son called Bung Bung, and I, I think I was called Wayan. And I think, funnily enough, I was only like twenty-seven at the time, so I was pretty young to have a little six-year-old called Bung Bung. But I guess it's possible. So Bung Bung and I get separated, okay? And then Jodie Gordon, who was one of the leads at the time, she ends up like adopting Bung Bung, and so she's got this little Indonesian called Bung Bung. Some Bung Bung. Okay, so <laughs> I ad- I adopt a bung bung there. Anyway, so I got so bung bung and I separated, and I'm on the run. Okay, so I wash up on a beach, and it turns out that one of the guys played by Bernard Curry um, was the illegal um, people smuggler who was actually a sinister character who everyone thought was nice in Silent Bay, but it turned out had um, was linked to people smuggling back in Indonesia and was making a lot of money, and I was very scared of him. So when I get found, I end up getting thrown in a hospital, and he, he tries to lean on me, and I'm scared of him. Anyway, long story short, I get reunited with Bung Bung, and uh, he gets taken away from Jodie Gordon, and she cries, okay. and that's the end of the storyline. So, I mean, oh, okay. in terms of where it was going... I was very much the victim. I found often um, when I'm playing what I call, for want of a better expression, ooga booga roles, where I'm just some random sort of uh, non-specific. At least this was specific about what it was. Mm. But I was the victim again. Normally, I'm either the yeah. perpetrator or the yeah. victim. I find yeah. those two ones. You're not average. No. You are not a normal person who just like has a job and like boring life troubles like rent and mortgage and like you know you don't just like go to work and come home and like argue with your partner. No, you don't have normal life things. You have like extreme problems or you're like a bad fucking person there were the two that's it that's yeah, all yeah, you yeah. can be because you're not a white not person a white guy. yeah 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 so i mean that was unfortunate but i, I had trouble so i was linking it together how he thought that was going to somehow help with the whole cronulla rights, rights thing which thing. is a slightly different situation isn't it like the cronulla rights correct me if i'm wrong was about like intercultural for want of a better word, like warfare angst between like uh, a typically historically European Australian identity and then a Lebanese Middle Eastern Eastern identity. And those two um, cultures having a massive like standoff in an area where they both hold sway, (laughs) like a, a, residential area where they both have sway. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that has to do with an Indonesian refugee. I think no. I think at the time that the stop the stop the boats thing was in its infancy. People smuggling was very much on political agendas. But to his credit, I guess he was trying to make people feel sympathetic, I suppose, or at least acknowledge the humanity of people that were um, refugees as such on Australian shores. No, but it's shores. still this thing of like of like looking at people who might be Lebanese or Middle Eastern or something. Like those people have been in Australia for like generations. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? And you're true. talking, you're trying to equate people who just happen to have a different cultural background as you, even though they've been in this country perhaps for as long as your family has. You know, you're trying to equate them with people who've arrived like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And kind of go, oh, you're just the same yeah, because point. you're not because you're not white. Yeah, like, yeah. And I think that's that's kind of the the issue yeah you know i think the conversation about like race and culture in australia is um is really complex and it's really interesting and i just i just hope that you know um people can be sort of brave and respectful enough in in that conversation because i think it i don't think by any means it's uh solved (laughs) Um, and I don't even know if talking about it more is, is the solution. Like I kind of look at America and like race kind of like everything is sort of filtered through, through a lens of race a lot of the times. Um, and it's a conversation that happens in America a lot and it has, you know, it's like constant, it kind of happens. 
but they still have issues with race in that country, even though they kind of acknowledge it and talk about it and acknowledge the history. And, you know, so I don't, I don't kind of know what the solution is. I read a really interesting book. So every February, of course, Black History Month, I, well, not of course, for those of you who don't know, um, <laughs> February is Black History Month. Um, and I always try to read like a whole bunch of um, black authors. Um, and I read um, Rennie Edo Lodge's Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. And it was a really fucking interesting read. And I, can't wait for someone who is white who i know who will be honest with me to read it and then tell me how they feel about about reading that book because she read it so she wrote it so unashamedly for a black audience or for um a biracial audience or or a non-white audience i should say um yeah and it's it's uh very interesting sarah i'm going to take you up on that challenge i'll i'll, I'll have a read of it great it won't be dodgy, that's for sure. So someone, someone doesn't read, read much that one. Not anymore. Not anymore. Right? All my all my youth was dwittled away reading. Uh, can you be a bit more specific about? I mean, you, you say it was interesting for you, and it was clear. Can you be a little bit more specific about what, the content so, so we can get a sort of a, a feel for it in terms of what you mean by what when you say written for that sort of audience? Um, well, it began as a blog post. She um, she was a journalist. She's British, um, and she wrote this blog post that was basically a kind of semi rant that was just like, I'm fucking sick of talking to white people about race and trying to explain everything like black splain or, or make white people feel, uh, okay <laughs> about the systemic racism that happens in their name, you know, and sort of go, well, I'm not blaming you, but you need to understand that you're a direct recipient and benefactor of a system that inherently, um, takes away from me, you know? Um, and she was just, uh, sick of having to have those conversations. And so she made this pledge, I think that for like a year, she wasn't going to talk to any white people about race. She was not going to have race-based conversations with white people, only with people, people of color or non-white people. Um, and the book, the book itself kind of begins as a historic, as a, as I said, she's British. So it, be, it begins as a, as a kind of historic exploration of like, how did black people or non-white people end up in England in the first place? Like, let's even like, let's just talk about how that happened. Um, but the chapters, I mean, it is a kind of academic book in, in some ways. Um, the chapters, there's one particular chapter that is about biracial, uh, people and about the responsibility that a white parent has to their biracial child in bringing that biracial child into the world and about sort of how she, go, you know, she feels like it's not enough to um, just say, oh, you're just like everybody else. Because the reality is that when they walk out into the world, they are not seen as just like everybody else. And so you have a responsibility to your child to talk to them about that and, you know, kind of gird them a little bit for that or explain to them about what that is. Not to just kind of have this um, rainbow fairy tale fucking unicorn fucking reality. Of I've got an Ethiopian adopted cousin. So it could be good oh, yeah. for him. He's... Yeah, he's he's in his twenties now. Yeah, but um, I wonder how much. Yeah, his parents. I mean, it's interesting as a biracial person reading that because, <clears throat> I mean, it in in actuality, I guess I'm just as much European. I mean, my mother's Irish. Like, I mean, I don't know how much more white. I guess you could go Nordic. That's a bit more white than that. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's that's pretty white. Um, so I guess in actuality, I am just as much white as I am black. But the yeah. reality is that what I look like on the face of it is not like a white person. And I don't have access to the avenues that white, I just don't, I'm not perceived in the same way, man. I was looking for a house to rent in Melbourne. I'll talk, I'll fucking rant about this. Okay. <laughs> I was looking for a, somewhere to rent in Melbourne in 2016. I, that's where I saw you. I oh, saw you. We yes, went to the Jono, same open house. Yes. That, yes, that was the last time I saw you. You said she and blanked you, didn't you? So that, she, she just I did not no, fucking she didn't blank me. I fucking saw you. She I said, said it's shit looking for a house. Yeah, it was totally shit looking for houses. And I um, was looking for myself and my housemate, who is a white female. Um, single white our female? Single white female. Two single white females. Okay, like why would you not want to rent a house to us? I looked for three months. I went to at least a minimum of five inspections a week. We had, our application was fucking rock bloody solid. Like so good. We make heaps of money, you know what I mean? Like all the things like 
there was there would be kind of no reason to not give us a house. I was offering more money per week um, to rent places, like you know, offering to bump up the rent, etc. Um, could not get a place, and my friend was in Chicago at the time, so she couldn't look. So it was just me looking for the both of us. And I was kind of ringing her. After three months, I was like, I don't know what's going wrong. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. I'm not sure what's going on. We've got the cover letters. I'm doing the follow-ups, everything, right? And eventually it got to the point where we were rejected again. And I called back the real estate agent and said, look, I just want to know, is there anything we're doing wrong? Is there something we're missing out on the application? You know, I was saying, you know, I've, I'm coming from Sydney and I've been renting in Sydney for the last, you know, two years or whatever. And I've never found it this hard, like to find somewhere to live. Is there something that I'm missing on the application that, you know, is working against us? And she's like, no, it's really just, you know, it's just up to the owners who they want to go with. You know, it's just who they want to go with. So it's not, it's not anything. Your application's great. And I was like, okay, sure. But the laws of statistics state that like it just doesn't make any sense. Our references are amazing. Anyway, my friend gets back. She was back for, I think, 40 hours. She'd been back like a day. We met up um, and she said to me, uh, Zara, I'm going to suggest something and I don't want you to take offense to it, but I'm going to suggest that I go to the next inspection by myself and I hand in our application and we'll just see if that makes a difference. And she did. And we got that house in six hours. With a real estate agent that I had applied to before with exactly the same application. And you know what? Maybe I just needed to go to one Could have been your accent. Your accent might have been Could have been my accent, which is clearly like a barrier (laughs) to me being able to pay rent and look What were you wearing? Were you wearing something a bit inappropriate? You know, like I just, maybe I just needed to go to that one more inspection and we would have got it. But that to me just was like the most... And I just wanted to fucking leave this country. I was like, I need to leave this country right now. Why am I wasting my time? Why do I give my taxes to this fucking country? Like, seriously, you won't even rent me a fucking house. I can't imagine what it must be like for people who have names on their applications that, that, you know, people like that have a Muslim name or, um, or sorry, an Arabic name. Yeah, um, um, Georgie, my my partner, an Uber driver who was a lawyer in New Zealand asked, he said, do you, oh, you found out my partner's a lawyer. and said, do you have any, I'm applying. I'm not getting any jobs in here at all. Do you have any? And he had a, a an Indian name. He's from Fiji. And once he, once he told me that, I told Georgie that. She's like, yeah, he's going to have to change, change his, his name. name on the resume here. Just, Otherwise, he won't get it looking whatsoever. Like, unbelievable. Just, just you know. Just what's up, old white dudes in positions of power. Man. They're not going to. But like, this is real estate agents. This is real yeah, estate agents. Yeah, they're yeah, idiots. They're, like, they're, <laughs> they're bottom feeders. You, you know, know, like. Unbelievable. They're anyway, the worst, the worst. so so just going back to the um, the chat, you talk about the chat about being biracial. Because my mother literally said what you said um, that they shouldn't say, which she was like, "You're just the same as everyone yeah, else." Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, if, if anyone says anything, you know, it's, it's on them. Oh, it's just it's oh, you know, that's not quite right. She did say people people said stuff to you. She said you're going to get confronted with problems because your name. She mm. had, we had a backup name, which was Michael, which I could use if I was getting too much racial prejudice. Wow. So she had that as my middle name. But overall, we got through it. But no, every now and then, like, there was once I had this. <laughs> it was my own fault. We, I, I was at Carling for Western Sydney, and we got asked to do a presentation on something um, in relation to something we believed in. And I did a pres- presentation on Buddhism mm. when I was, like, nine or something. And then I was in the middle of my spelling test, and the teacher walked up behind me at Carlingford West. And I was, like, thinking about something. She's like, where's your Buddha now? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> What was the what word a, you were working on? What a psychotic on? teacher! <laughs> when I got Where's home, your Buddha now, little Buddhist boy. And when I got home, to my mum was like, "Mum, this teacher said, oh Where's your Buddha now?'" And she's like, oh, "Don't worry, she's probably just you know, it's her own insecurities being mobilised. You need just to, that'll happen every now and then." But every now and then, maybe she's a comic like genius. A nine-year-old, seriously? Like-, like what the fuck? <laughs> And then I remember once another time I was playing, I was in a cricket team and this is bad. Like we're playing, it wasn't as bad as where you put it now, but at one stage we were just playing and I was, we were selecting these 11, the coach uh, is back in Perth. And he just went, oh yeah, that's my little Indian boy. And he pointed to me like randomly oh. in a conversation. I was like, wait a second, was he talking, he was talking about me. He's calling oh me his little God. Indian boy. And then I got home, I was like, mom, I don't think I want to play cricket with these big guys anymore. Yeah. Every now and then it would happen, but it was, so I, I guess she did prep me in some ways because she taught me through it when it did happen, but she definitely tried to get me 
not to perceive it as a thing because I think her reasoning was she thought my genetic father who was Tibetan he was complaining of racism all the time when he mm, rocked up mm. and she she kind of gaslit him a little bit she was yeah. like no it's all in his head yeah. he's just he's paranoid yeah, he's got yeah. issues yeah. he's like he, he it was like and I kind of believe the stuff he was saying that she said he was saying he's, it was like I'd be walking down the street with your mother and everyone's like looking at me yeah. like what's up, what's up with that guy yeah. and she's like that was just in his head and I'm like Mom, I don't think no. that was in his head probably yeah. that was probably he, a thing you yeah, know yeah you know? and I'm surprised actually like if if she would have been, because I've had this from, uh, you know, when I've had partners or something and they, um, or something, um, <laughs> t- tells you a lot about me and my fucking sex life. Um, <laughs> uh, we'd be like walking down the street and obviously together, like whether holding hands or something like that. And they'd be like, there's people looking at me, you know, and as a white, uh, sorry, I should say the partner's white, right? So, and, and, like they're not they don't walk through the world like that like a a white person in australia i should say doesn't walk through the world kind of being noticed you know what i mean you're just like average you're just you're totally fine and and yeah they they kind of notice and i'm like oh that's normal that's normal people are interested in you (laughs) yeah i think you're cooler because you're with me well that's when i I told john about recently i got told to go back to where i came from when i was in newtown recently and i happened to have georgie recently yeah this is like three weeks ago right oh my god and i had my girlfriend on my my, who's white and then i was like how's that and she's like wait a second she's like wait were they just were they just racially abusing us and i was like yeah dude and she's like oh my god that's never happened i've never seen anything like that i was like well it does happen and she's like she it took her a good three and a half minutes to process what had just occurred because she hadn't witnessed anything like that in her entire um in her entire life but it was like you could see the machinery and waiting oh my god like you know she really freaked when she realized what had happened and i'm just like fucking rednecks fucking standard you know pieces of shit but it's um it's interesting to see you're right the paradigm the different paradigm and then when you um, introduce someone to a new paradigm which they haven't uh lived in before and then then processing it is uh interesting to watch yeah i think very much so but i think it is different though i mean i think because you know because i grew up in a in a context where everybody well the majority of people are black or biracial so i didn't i guess my mom didn't need to give me the speech you know what i mean i i, I guess the learning was on a sort of was a, on a kind of different level not to say that jamaica doesn't have its own sort of problematic relationship to race we're a slave we're an old slave colony so race is a massive thing like color of your skin is a massive denoter of um social class or or per, perceived social class right so my mom being a white lady in that context is perceived as being very rich and having money and having power which she actually doesn't she works in the education system but they don't know that they just make those assumptions etc etc but um yeah in answer to your question about whether or not she had those conversations with me kind of probably not but um I'll tell you what coming to australia woo, hello hmm yeah, if yeah. it's a different cultural atmosphere, then, you, of course, yeah, it would change relative to whatever place you grew up in, I suppose. I feel like this podcast is really serious, guys. This isn't what you did last week with Jamie. We're it was getting... much more, like, free and, like, happy. We're, we're talking we're, about very serious We're, we're getting things. to that. We're getting to that. It is kind of funny. Where, where you, where's your Buddha now is pretty funny. The most people find that very amusing. <laughs> It's really funny. Where's your button now? <laughs> exactly. Gentlemen George, full disclosure in the raw. Raw, raw, raw. Anyway, speaking of uh, fun and games, we should probably cut to the um, the serious fun of the podcast, which is you talking through your own full disclosure of your own Zara. Now, you know, I, I don't want to um, preempt anywhere you go with this whatsoever, <laughs> but it's just a, a self-deprecating uh, moment where of absolute embarrassment that you've had to live through in your own life. We've all had them. And Jamie said he, he just instantly wipes them in his own head. But for me, personally, I they're the ones that stick in my head more than anything else. But I think maybe it's unusual. Maybe I'm like a, a self-harmer or something because I just like revolve them in my brain for the rest of my life, hence them being easy to remember. But um, I guess it's up to you to find, to ru- rustle through your own note, notepad and, and find something which you'd like to share with your audience. Um, so I think I've got a few... Um, uh, I've definitely done the, uh, text to the person who, you know, I'm talking about a person and I've sent them the text instead of blah, blah, that one. I've definitely done that one. Um, I also, at one point, I don't know why I'm embarrassed by this story because I actually don't think it's my embarrassment to carry, but for some reason I am embarrassed. I, when I was in my twenties and you know, that sort of, um, 
very desperate, sad kind of like 5 a.m. Oh, yeah, you'll do. Uh, we probably won't have sex. We're just going to like, I don't know, slobber over each other and then pass out. Um, <clears throat> one of those with somebody whose name I haven't, I don't know at all. I've never seen them again. Um, went back to his place and he was in a ground floor apartment in St. Kilda East. And, um, you know, we passed out. And uh, where his bed, his bed was sort of like pushed up under the window of that, you know, apartment. And so like the walkway for people to like enter their other apartments were, you know, was right outside that window. And like halfway through the night, I kind of woke up because there was like this like noise. And I was right under the window and I was like, I think there's someone outside that window. And I could hear a, someone outside the window kind of going, you know, Stephen or whatever his name was. Stephen. Stephen, kind of like <laughs> definitely his name. <laughs> definitely his name. Um, and I was like, "Oh my god, is this really happening?" And then the window opened, and then a heel came, like this high-heeled foot, just kind of like came through the window and almost landed on me. And I kind of like pushed this guy, and I was like, um, "I think there's something." And he was like, "Hey, there's someone in here." And she kind of like stuck her head in, and she saw me, and she was like, "Oh, oh, you're here. Oh, sorry." And then she kind of just like left and it was, I don't know why I'm embarrassed by that story, but it feels, I guess it's embarrassing for her probably. Um, Not so much for me, but that's not my full story. Okay. My full story, my actual embarrassing story, that's about me and my embarrassment is about poo. Okay. So hold hold (laughs) before we go to the full one, let's just unpack the first one for a little bit. So wait, it's one level up the apartment. No, no, ground floor. Oh, it's ground floor apartment. And you were at like a rave beforehand. What was sort of party? Were you at a club? No, we were at the frigging, what's that frigging pub on Fitzroy street in St. Kilda that has like bands playing. Oh, the Prince? The Prince of Wales? Oh, yeah. The, the Prince? Prince? Was it the Prince? Probably yeah, the Prince, the yeah. Prince. Somewhere like Okay, that. and he was just yeah. like a hipster dude, like a young 20s hipster dude oh, or whatever. God, I, don't, I don't remember. And I think he was British. I think he was a backpacker. Okay, okay. So so what we think happened is he's red. Aussie guys don't normally go. <laughs> so you- Seriously, I don't. I think the last time I had sex was someone. Stephen was Sewell? Was it Stephen Sewell? <laughs> <laughs> I've done a Stephen Sewell play. You have. Was it Blind Giant? Was it yeah, all? Blind Giant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Belvoir? Yeah. And, yeah I, and I played the outsider crazy lady. Yeah. With the gun. <laughs> with the gun. Yeah. Who haven't you worked with? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing resume. Do you think she was his housemate? Was, did she no, have an accent? No, I think she was, a, she was a sex body. I think she was, she okay. was like a sex I'm not a sex friend. worker because no, no. St. Kilda's... <laughs> Although to buy the shoes, you couldn't. You couldn't yeah, the shoes and St. Kilda, you just do the Quite dots. Sure. Um, but I assume what happened is that she had been out and maybe she had been texting him going, I'm going to come over, I'm going to come over. He had not responded and so she just came and was just going to climb through the window. But when she climbed through the window, there was someone else there. And so she was just like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. You're here. Oh, you're yeah. here. Yeah. You're here. Oh. And she's like, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's all right. It's all right. You didn't I'll want to, go. you wouldn't say join us or anything like that? Or you went to No, man, I was sleeping. T- yeah, Playtime yeah. was done. Playtime was right. like so done. I, I mean, time. I'm pretty sure that I, oh God. And then there's this other story. I forgot about this story, but okay. talking about sex. <laughs> yeah. So this actually happened um, in Jamaica though. Um, so it's uh, for all you listening Australian people. It's not any of you who did this. Um, I was having sex with someone and he fell asleep inside me Oof. it was and that was that was really that was hard and i was quite young well, as well. i think hard, i was really, like was it? really wasn't um <laughs> i think i was like maybe 20 or 21 i don't know i can't remember um but he he fell a fucking sleep like he was gone to, like just out and i was like was how he does it even happen he no okay. i he was of course he was like lying down he was just like Aw. <laughs> um <laughs> I was like, God, am I that boring? Like, am I that fucking boring and unappealing? You know what I mean? I just made it all about me. Yeah, it's not good. Um, And I was like, I need to get out. I was like, fuck this. I am getting out of this house right now. Um, And I put on all my clothes and I was like, I need to get out. And uh, I went to the door and the door was locked. And you need a key to open the door. And I couldn't find the key. I went into his room. I went through his pants. I went through the fucking shit. Like I could not find the fucking key and could not get out of a window because Jamaica being a third world country has burglar bars over its windows. Oh, no. So you can't like climb out of the windows. There's like bars, you know? Um, so I had to sit there in. You didn't start making out with him again? Wake him up? Or no, I just, I, I, I was so stubborn about it. I kind of like 
sat on the very edge of his bed, like taking up the least amount of room possible, just like sitting on the end of, edge of his bed until the sun fucking rose and like he had to like get up and pee or whatever. And he got up and saw me sitting there and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I need to get out. I need to get out. <laughs> You pig. You why, pig, you fell asleep. Why, why didn't you wake him up? Why didn't you just wake because him up? Because I was a young fucking idiot, man. Like, yeah. I mean, my conversation yeah. with my sexuality and like having any sort of power or autonomy or authority inside of my sexuality has only really happened in like probably the last like five years, man. Like for women, it's it's so, and I'm sure for men as well, but I can only really speak from a female perspective, but it's really, it's really problematic. It's difficult. You know, you get fed all this bullshit from the media and from you know, all the pictures of the people and the porn and the stuff, you know what I mean? About um, mm. what that power dynamic should be or what sort of conversation, you know, kind of what's allowed or what's not cool or what's embarrassing. Like, why would I feel embarrassed about the fact that he fell asleep and he couldn't keep his fucking heart on or totally. that? You know what I mean? Like, but I do, I feel like it's about me and it's about my body or it's about my performance, you know, and whether or not that's true. I mean, I don't think it was because I ended up having sex with him again. Um, what, not that time? Or not what? that time. Like, and like years later, you know what I mean? It's, it's obviously not got to you stayed awake with, throughout did the you, process. Did you yeah, give him some yeah. no-dos? Did you did you give, <laughs> give him some no-dos and a coffee beforehand? No, but I think he probably stopped drinking as much as uh, as Maybe. he could have been stoned as well. Yeah, I, a friend of mine who um, he's very very much struggled to to <laughs> find anyone to have sex with recently. Oh, really? He so have I. Home. Is he any good? Is he good? Is he's, he a nice he's a fella? lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. He, he, he works at. I can't say his name, but he, he's he's a big big guy. He's got a giant voice, and he um he works a bit too hard, and he drinks a lot at night. But he met met this lovely woman. He told me this the other day, and they went back to his apartment, and she said, I think she was like, where's she from? I, it, it was he did a European accent, like a kind of like uh, Sarajevo like accent. She Sarajevo, said, that's pretty specific, mate. <laughs> she she said to him, "We are going to have lots of sex," Good and stuff. then he he smoked a joint with her. Oh. And fell asleep. Uh, oh no, he couldn't get it up. He couldn't get yeah. it up. So like he, he self-sabotaged. He's been wanting to have sex so much. And as soon as she said, we're going to have a lot of sex, he was like, oh, well, that's going to happen. I'm going to do something to s- severely sabotage that. And uh, she's never called him yeah. since. Well, I mean, you can always try and come. I mean, come back. Pardon the expression. He could, you know, not smoke weed next she, time. I don't think she'll take his calls. Uh, I think she's just in Sarajevo. Like, men do not have problems with penis. <laughs> Sarajevo, they are always hard. But I think also as you get older, and like I had a, a kind of similar experience recently where I like I like met someone and then, you know, we, we like had a couple of drinks or whatever and then he got home and he just fucking could not get it up, right? But I think as you get older, you also get like, that's like totally fine. Like you have heaps of other shit that can make heaps of nice things happen right now. So, you I mean, know, like let's just be stuff? a bit what adult right. or whatever, like whatever floats you boat. You know what I mean? But like, like your face, you, can you use don't your need face to have her, like... <laughs> Your face, your entire face. I'll use my face. Problems downstairs, but I've got my face. So you're in luck, young lady. All of my face. <laughs> I've got my mouth and my nose and my eyelashes. I can do a lot of damage on a neck. Arr. Yeah, I guess you've got, you got go-to areas. Um, right, but yeah, I think as you get older, you know what I mean? Like things like that, that probably toes, maybe do like toes. paranoid, you know, or, or like eat away at men. Yes, um, yes. You know, are kind of if the man's ego isn't so kind of well, exactly. True. Yeah, exactly. you talk about the female ego, but the male ego. You know, that's oh, so yeah. guys can really get in their own heads about that stuff. Oh, I'm a failure. Yeah. I'm not a man. Yeah. Who am I anyway? I'm a fraud, yes. a charlatan. Yeah. I don't belong here. Wow, Dragi, close. <laughs> real insight. That's real fresh. Yeah. <laughs> that came to the surface real fast. Too fast. Too fast. <laughs> <laughs> shove it down. Shove it down. Okay. So speaking of shoving it down, let's move on to the poo story. Please. Oh yeah, my poo story. Okay. Let's, let's get to the main course. Okay, the main course. Okay, which is my poo story. Okay. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dodge podcast. So. I kind of pride myself on having like a pretty good stomach. Like I grew up in the third world. I've traveled a little bit. Like, you know, I I don't kind of get sick or get like food poisoning or any of that sort of stuff. Right. That's a precursor. So um, I was at a friend's (laughs) house in (laughs) North Melbourne. You already said it's about poo. (laughs) You said it's about poo. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wonder what she's talking Manila about Lindsay. with the strong stomach <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, I was in North Melbourne at a friend's house and it was a Sunday and this friend of mine is like really good with the cooking, like amazing, always does like these cool you know, he's just like loves cooking and he's a great cook and very sort of like cultured in that way. Um, and so he was doing like some kind of roast pork, something, something, something. And I, you know, you get there early, you know, before the pork's ready, you want to drink a bit and have some cheese and whatever. And so got to his house, drank. And at this stage, I mean, I don't drink anymore, but at this stage I was like, I was like a solid bottle by myself kind of girl. So, um, I probably had like three quarters of a bottle of wine at least. Um, and we were just talking, he was like prepping the food and I just felt funny. I was like, I feel funny. I don't know why I feel funny. And I was like, look, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom and I realized something was definitely wrong and that I needed to leave and go to a safe space in order to deal with what was going to ensue because it was just going to be too much for this for my poor friend's bathroom. And also just like embarrassment. I just did not want to be the person who like shut up his bathroom. Right. And I could just tell that it was like not, it wasn't a healthy poo. It was a very unhealthy situation. <laughs> Dorji, stop making faces. You wanted the story. <laughs> I'm just remembering all the times this happened to me. So. Yeah. Dorji's um, got, he's going through the Rolodex just, of all the times that he he's shat just himself. He's making all these eyebrows and like, and like mouth faces, just like eyebrows and mouth and lips and eyebrows. Um, I can use those. Um, so <laughs> I kind of ran out and I just said to my friend, I was like, I've got to go. I've got to go home. And he's like, oh, okay, are you all right? And I was like, yep, it's fine. I'm fine. I've got to go home. I'm fine. I, I just, I need to leave. So it's not right. And where's home like, at this point? Oh, okay. Home is St. Kilda East. Okay. Oh, no. And I was in North Melbourne. That's far. That's and far. It's far. And it was started. a Sunday. It was a Sunday, right? So Ooh. this is two trams or at least a tram and a train. Um, or, you know, you, this is, and it. this is pre-Uber. This is pre-Uber. Okay. So there is no like and probably two the minutes away. Shit taxis. Oh my God. And there are no fucking taxis in North Melbourne just driving by this fucking residential street. So I go outside and I'm like, okay, I've got to call a cab. I'm like trying to hail a cab. I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I, do I risk it and walk to the tram stop? Meanwhile, my asshole is in total fucking clench down, like absolute, just like we're war. This is like warfare, right? And I could not get a cab. There are no fucking cabs. And I'm like, I can't risk sitting on a tram with this, right? Just not in the vicinity of some sort of like exit. Um, so I started looking uh, for residential, uninhabited, possibly residential properties that I could um, just go. <laughs> Sure. Just knock on the door. No, not knock on the door. Go into their fucking backyard and just like release. And I was like, can I do that? Wait, so can like, I run that risk? Not even a thunderbox? You're happy with just a, a, a yard, an empty yard? You're okay with that, I guess, at this stage? Yeah. yeah. Like, it was pretty... Well, it's quite rare to have right? um, outdoor and toilets in I was, And I was like, oh my God. And like the things that are kind of going on in your mind, it's just like, it's mm. like fight or flight. And I... I was like, do I go back to, to my friend's place and like fucking, and I was like, no, 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 no. Okay. Just like, and then I see a cab. Right. So I'm like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Yes. Right. And I, and I get into this cab and I'm like, I, pl I need you to get to St. Kilda East so fast, like so fast, dude. And he's like, yes, yes. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need you to go like real fast. Anyway. So he starts driving. I am sitting on like on the side. I'm trying to like explain it. I was like sitting on the side of one leg so that my ass wasn't actually touching the seat and that was working mm. for a while and then after a while my asshole was not enough to sort of um, hold <clears throat> the presence of the onslaught oh. so I I actually had to push hold. my fist sort of like to to like press up into my bum to keep like a the plug like a plug, but like, obviously I can't fit my whole fist up my ass. Oh, yeah. Some people can, but yeah. I, I couldn't, it was just like applying pressure yes. in an upwards direction rather than Compression. like, right, exactly. To try and like keep this fucking shit like in. It's rice, isn't it? Um, in. Elevate and compress. That's like what you do with like wounds. You, you elevate them and compress them. I had none of that knowledge. I was just doing what fucking felt natural <laughs> at the moment. Instinctually felt like it was going to work. Yep. I'm sitting in his cab. Yep. He's like getting closer and closer. I'm like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. This is going to work. 
I, he pulls up and I'm like, yep, yep, here, it's fine. Yep, 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 that's fine, that's fine. And he's like, cash or card? And I'm like, oh my God, card. Oh my God, just take the card. And I give him the card and he's like, okay, I swipe. And I'm like, just tap the fucking thing. I was literally yelling at this man. I was like, please, you have to help me. I don't know. And, he, and the card and everything. And I was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's, it's fine, it's fine. And he gives me my car back and I run into my house, to my ground floor apartment. And I run in and I get to the bathroom door and my housemate is in the bathroom, in the shower, and I can't get to the fucking toilet. And I was like, I can't, I actually can't hold this in anymore. And while yes. I was sort of like safe now. standing outside the door, I was like, it's going to come out. It's going to just come out. So I just walked into our courtyard. Ah, the courtyard. <laughs> I walked into our courtyard and I just shut. It shat in your pants. Oh, gosh. Didn't you yell out to your housemate, get the fuck out of the bathroom? No, they were in the shower. It wasn't going to fucking work. So I kind of like... As, is as it a I shared was sort courtyard of, or is that no, your that own courtyard? No, that was our own courtyard. And I was sort okay, of like, good. as I shat my pants, I was kind of pulling my undies down. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So it kind of like, it just... So where to go? Georgie, what? you wanted an embarrassing story. This is an embarrassing story. You can't now like story. make like disapproving just... faces at the embarrassing story. <laughs> Why don't you get your fist up there? Why'd you remove the fist? Like, didn't you, because uh, it was fist no. Because you know shit, what? When you reach the safe space, yeah, like when yeah. you know, it's, it's that thing that happens, like where you can like hold. Because I I'm a child of holding, right? So like when I went to when I went to primary school and high school, particularly in Jamaica, but even still in in Australia. I would not go to the bathroom at school. I just would not go. Same. Hold it. Same, Zara. I'm exactly the same. I never went at yeah, my primary school. Just, because weirdos. on the first the first day of prep, the grade sixes, I saw them when, when a, one of my buddies, one of my comrades in prep, they were all new, went into the toilet and they started shaking the the cubicle and they started filling, they, they got toilet paper and wet the toilet paper and started throwing it over at the kid and so i just thought that was every definitely, time you took a dump so i definitely just gonna happen completely to was constipated between nine yeah. and three thirty. <laughs> yeah yeah I just would thanks, not. thanks for sharing man appreciate <laughs> it it's, good what it's all about sharing. so wait you saw a kid get bullied and you're like oh they're gonna probably bully me as well so i won't go is that what happened essentially i'm not i'm not shitting here i'm not shitting. i'm a home home ground yeah did you try sticking up for the kid that was getting bullied or anything like you know the kid was getting like (laughs) did you try sticking up for that kid it's just like oh but not how much bigger grade sixes are than yeah they're a lot bigger they're They're a lot bigger fair cool fair cool and but seinfeld was just i just saw him on comedians in cars and he was talking about the colon just being such a specific just it's just got one job but it's such an important hard job you know just to really to really hold the fort when when these things happen (laughs) Yeah, well, holding the fort, so to speak. So, so you got your underwear slightly off, and it's just just uh, spraying out left, right, and, and it just kind of just all came out, and it was just in our courtyard, under you know, funnily enough, under the window of the bathroom. Okay. So. Um, and <laughs> I had enough time uh, while my housemate was still in the shower to kind of vaguely, with the materials that I had available to mess to me, clean myself up clean up the evidence um, oh really with a hose or something yeah and just uh yep. threw those undies out had a little lie down and uh as i said i got a pretty strong stomach i was fine like, <laughs> that was it no that was it that, that was, was it, it. Um, yep that was it i didn't have like any... what did you eat in do you reckon i don't know like i cheese you said you had cheese right i had cheese we had like no, but it would have been did something you have the pork or not that. no because no. i didn't even make it yeah. to the food like uh. I don't know if it's the wine. The, the really the, the amazing thing is they wouldn't have cared if you'd just done that in their bathroom, but it's so understandable. Oh, uh, I just couldn't. It. I mean, it was, for me, it was a home ground shitter. It was yeah. real sick. And I and the thing is, you don't know if it's going to be one of those ones that just keeps coming. You know what I mean? If you do once and then you're like, oh, I'm free, yeah. and then it's like, oh no, you're sick. You know, you're just a sick person today. Um, so I just didn't yeah. know if that was what was going to happen as well. So I just thought, get out of there, get to the safe space. I need to be in a safe space. Last time I was in LA, I had some dates lined up essentially with a couple of girls and I ate at Barney's Beanery in West Hollywood like the night before and I <laughs> got food poisoning and I was just shitting everywhere, right? For like, And then vomiting and shitting. I was double whammy. <gasps> and then I like 
put off the dates, but then I ended up meeting one of the girls and still, but I, I, I was so dehydrated and I was so nervous that I was going to shit myself throughout this process. And I was I actually drank like two liters of water in front of her. And she was like, dude, you're really going to drink all that water? And I was like, yep. Because I was so, so paranoid about the fact I was so dehydrated. It wasn't a fun experience. But we've got a similar story to that too, haven't you, John? We were saving that for a full disclosure, haven't we? In, oh dear. Involved yeah, in I've got a, I've got a Dating on the squirts. Things, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to do. It's not a... <laughs> dating, just dating as a person without any... That's right. <laughs> ensuing squirt without a bomb going off in your pants yeah yeah yeah. it's it's problematic very scary so basically this is a bit of a setup to this one though but 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 i um there was there was a girl that that i was interested in that that um i actually hooked up with at a vivid glebe one of georgie and i used to hold hold these really great parties annually during glebe uh, with lasers and just just a great time and she was uh, a french au pair and it was a really strange kind of hookup like it didn't it came out of nowhere, but I knew, and then she didn't really return my call the next day, but then she went to France and I went to the Goulier clown school in France. And after that, um, said, do you want to hang out? And she said, yes. And, um, but there was no chemistry whatsoever when I was in France with her, but she offered to, to take me on a road trip, uh, with some of her friends all over the South of France. And like, so it was being really amazingly lovely but but um there was no chemistry whatsoever and i was kind of following her around like a bit of a puppy dog and um we were going from one friend of hers place to the next and um we went and i was eating steak tartare every moment i could could i was an absolute pig pig for steak tartare it's my favorite food and in france you can get it at, at any cafe and it's they really they serve it they don't it's like mince it's not even like cut up meat and it's it's everywhere and i was eating it every day and lo and behold my stomachs my stomach exploded and so i had the terrible runs um midway through this trip and i was just kind of every chance i get running to the toilet and just squirting something out and coming back and didn't want anyone to know i was very embarrassed and we went she said do you want to go kayaking and so we um we all got some kayaks out and we went kayaking in this mm. beautiful area with these four French women. They're quite a bit younger. I would have been probably 32 or 30. They would have been 25 or something like that. And um, they were, we're, we're kayaking and I just, I knew it was going to happen again. And uh, I, um, I kind of just kayaked off uh, <laughs> away from the, the group and um, got out of the What are you kayak. doing, Jono? Jono, where are you going? going it's to... this way. Jono, you are going the wrong way. Oh, Sylvia Come Platt. Back. We have to stick that tail over here. Jono. Jono, what are you doing, you stupid man? <laughs> and I just kind of wandered off by myself and just, just put, pulled, pulled my pants down, hopefully that they couldn't see, and just, just, just liquid just oh, came wow. out. And I was just, just, just so, so, in the, so scared in the river? that they were going to... Check was it up in the river? Me. Yeah, I was in the river. So you and shat this, this in the river. Came out. I shat in the river, and then I kid you not, fish <laughs> no! started circling. No. <laughs> they didn't say, Where, what does no. a fish How is? How did you wipe up? Let us look. How did you, but, <laughs> uh, I, how did you wipe mm, up? Yeah, how did you? Did didn't, I? You didn't how wipe did up, I? did you? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not remember. I Well, I mean, because it was liquid anyway, and I was in water. I mean, maybe I used my oh. hand. I can't remember. Maybe I used some pebbles. <laughs> I, like Did you... I don't like the, the really soft toilet paper, so, you know, like, Roughage. might have been oh. early shivers. Maybe I used some afterwards? seaweed. Maybe I used one of the fish. Anyway, so you did that. You shat in the river. You pulled your pants back up and you <laughs> canoed back to them like everything was okay. It was all normal. Well, it was not okay because, like, I was not feeling well anyway. But, yeah, and then later on... How, so can uh, hold the phone, hold the phone. the end of the trip. Wait, wait, wait. How far did you have to... You would have had to paddle like around the corner or something. Like it's quite... I, oh, yeah, absolutely. And there were other people around. Like there God. wasn't... We weren't... We didn't have the river to ourselves. There were kids playing. It was real dirtbag. But then... Mommy, look at this fish. <laughs> this fish is going crazy on these brown foods in the water. <laughs> and then days later... When my stomach finally got better, yeah. I I did I did kind of like try and hold her hand and 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 she just kept she just wasn't interested, and then finally on the last night I was like, what's going on? Like you know we we were together in Melbourne, and and she explained to me that when we slept with each other at Vivid Kaleeb, she had a boyfriend at the time and was cheating on her boyfriend, and um, she just did it because he was cheating on her. So I was the revenge uh, oh. person. And I said, are you, are you with the boyfriend now? And she said, no, I'm not. And I said, well, then it's, it's ridiculous. 
And she said, no, I can't. In my, in my mind, you are, you know, the ruin of our relationship. Oh. And I said, really? And then she said, please don't insist. And that, that really stopped me in my tracks. Please don't. <laughs> Isn't it just the best please line? don't insist. So, so she was massively compensating for the guilt she felt of that, that, um, that I was, you know, she, I, maybe she thought I came all the way to, fr- to France to be with her, which yeah. wasn't the case. But yeah, instead of just saying, look, I'm not interested, she took me on a massive road trip around France. Well, maybe, about, you know, maybe there was days. fecal matter still in your fingernails when you tried to hold her hand. Did you think of that? Maybe. It might have been far more simple than so. all that's of that. It's not what she said, though. Well, of course it's not what she said. Your, your, your hand stinks like shit. It's not going to tell you that straight out. <laughs> it's an elaborate excuse. Or maybe she saw you taking a dump in the river. Yeah, I'm going to take her at her word, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty full on. It's quite quite a sad story, really. Except for the bit where she said, "Please don't exist. Please <laughs> don't, don't insist. insist. <laughs> please don't exist. Please, please don't exist." Gentlemen, George. Full disclosure. No holds barred. No holds barred. Zara, and are you? Are you? Uh, is it no booze at all? Is that a? Is that a rule? At the moment, yeah. I, I haven't had a drink in okay. almost two years. Oh well. And what are the what are the results? That sounds amazing. Uh, what what are the benefits? The reason I I did it I did it initially because of my current job. Um, I'm just not able mm-hmm. to do my current job uh, to the level that I need to do it. Star and, of the Book of Mormon, Zarniaman, <laughs> and drink. And now they all know <laughs> that girl up there. She shed her pants in her backyard. No one's no one's going. Um, uh, but is is that yeah, because of the singing? To- like if you. you yeah, yeah, it's a singing. I just can't because I, I, I like wine. I really like wine, you know, and I, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just can't do... But what are the benefits? Do you have more energy? No, no, mate, no, nah, no, nah, none of that oh. shit. You know <laughs> That's so say, annoying. You, you know when people be... say, oh, yeah, you know, you, you, you exercise and it makes you feel good? I don't get any of that stuff. Like that endorphin-y shit you don't get those that, that people always talk about. I'm not Whereas one wine of makes people. you feel really good. I no, it makes Why, me feel you can't shit. Just have a but, glass, then I, but then I don't have to pay for my therapist. Do you know what I mean? Like the wine makes me mm. feel terrible, but it gives me a a, a, um, a facility through which an avenue through which to you know kind of exercise whatever it is that's keep going it light, on. Keep you it know light, what I mean? Zara. Keep it light. Keep it light. And I, <laughs> um, I lost six kilos when I took a month off drinking. See, none of that shit happens to me. That was the only I don't benefit. get any of that stuff. I don't get the kind of like, my life's so much better. My mental health is much better. I've lost all this weight. I look amazing. Like, uh, no, none of that stuff. Just I just eat more chocolate or something. You know what I mean? Like, it just, um. it kind of, yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, I have had to manage my mood. Like, I just kind of have to go okay, like every six weeks I'm going to go through a cycle where it's going to be like pretty bad and I can't drink and I just kind of have to go through it and that's fine. So I, I'm just kind of aware of that and, and, you know, go through with that. But as soon as I finish yeah. a show, I am going to get f- seriously fucked up. Like I'm going to drink. So is there is there an end date for the Book of Mormon? For me, yes. Is it, I is finish, it ongoing? I finish on September the 9th. Which oh, it's is really in, soon. Yeah, which is like really soon. Okay. Um, that's my last performance date. Um, so I'm going to have a pretty big party. Awesome. Um, yeah. And drink. Although, you know, I'll probably get like two champagnes in and be like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll, roll. Oh, and sorry, this is, this is a weird segue, but sorry, sorry. Go on, John. What do you think of pink? What do you guys think of pink? As a color? As, as a singer. I think he's talking about the performer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about her. When you say you think about her as a talent, is that what you're asking, John? What specifically are you asking? She's you taken over Australia. She, she, she's very big in Australia. She's much bigger in Australia than she's, she's in the US. She's huge. She did 11 gigs, I think, in Melbourne. Oh, and she's yeah, doing nine gigs in, in Sydney. Yeah, I got caught in that traffic on like a Wednesday night. There was like all this freaking traffic on Point Road. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Pink. Yeah. Which did she did marry a... She was married to an Australian motocross guy. I remember that. So she's got oh. the crossover thing through... That audience, I don't know what yes. it is that resonates with her. With she's everyone she's so full strong. inclusion. She's into inclusion. Yeah, that's true. But I also think she's one of those pop stars that can actually sing. Yeah, that's true. I think. Yes, I think that's, that's why I asked I, you. That's what I've heard. She's got a great voice. I think that she, um, 
actually has a good voice. Like if you listen to her acoustically, she can actually. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not really. I'm not a fan. I'm, not, I'm gonna be straight out. I'm not a fan. I think her music's like pretty pretty generic, to be honest with you. But I, I can see why well, people it's pop like music, her. Music, mate. What yeah. do you want from it? Well, I Push don't know. Boundary? I just no, I just wouldn't mind something a bit more interesting, really. Zara, like something I'm a bit more elitist, I suppose, and things oh, I yeah? prefer. Like what? Like, come on. What, what uh, artists that I enjoy yeah, right yeah, now? You like yeah. Smash Mouth. <laughs> you like Smash Mouth, don't you, George? Do I don't like Smash Mouth. Hey now, I'm an all star. <laughs> Huge fan. Game on, yo, baby. Primus. Hey Dorothy likes Primus. Yeah, I, don't I, don't like Primus. I don't like Primus. I don't like Primus. Not going to do that. Don't like that band, Zara. Don't like that band. I'm 90s. I'm still 90s. I'm still 90s. Yeah, I'm, I'm, what does that mean? Well, I just think that the, the whole grunge scene, I still think that was pretty, a pretty good scene. Like I, what? I like Oasis? Like, is that what you're talking about? No, that's Britpop. You don't listen to grunge now, though. You don't go and put on some Pearl The Britpop here was okay as well. But no, I still think like the Seattle thing was pretty pretty damn good. Like, I'm still... Most Apart from Pearl Jam, which I was never big on, I think they're like I think Soundgarden still so a lot of that stuff still sounds pr- pretty pretty good to me. And oh, I, you I, do I, love Soundgarden. Rage, That's I, true. Rage Against the Machine aren't from aren't from Seattle, but I was listening to um, Evil Empire and a few of their albums recently because I remember that Zach Taylor Rocker was so highly political and he left because he was pissed off because no nothing changed after he put out the songs. But if you listen to the political um, elements of Rage Against the Machine, they're, they're pretty they're pretty white hot. It's pretty good. Arnie DeFranco, did you ever get into? I do. Yeah, I, I like. Uh, I'm not angry anymore because uh, I, I, I did. I, I had a housemate when I was at university who was heavily into. I got. I got really into the lesbian rock scene. Actually, I was really into L7. I was into. Um, yeah, I was into. Uh, you know, um, I was. <laughs> Is into it v- called the lesbian rock scene? Yeah, well, they, they, got, they got. They got gr- gr- grouped together. Uh, Bikini Kill. Um, uh, Veruca Salt. The Dixie Chicks. It's not the Dixie not Chicks. The Dixie Chicks. <laughs> No, I was heavily into that period. And Ian DeFranco, yeah. And Jono was a big Ian DeFranco fan. We remember Jono at the same time. He was. I do, yeah. I like them. We were both into it pretty heavily. Yeah, no, that's same. Tra- Tracy Chapman, mm. to some extent. You know, there was a. There was a... Do you know what makes I me think angry? she's a lesbian. What? When the, when the people take the Tracy Chapman song and they take the riff yeah, yeah, and they t- put it into a faster thing with a shit drum kit behind it and some idiot 20 year old going. You got a fast car yeah. with a breathing sort of thing coming on. I'm decision. I'm but that's how good a song it is. Anything. I'm just making breath sounds. Like, freaking hell, man. Stay away from the art. Well, they're just yeah. making like, it Stay fast. away from it. Go create something else. But like, you know, Dreams uses that loop. You know that song, Dreams? That that, that uses the... Dreams can come true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that, yeah, used, yeah. that, that rips so that uses... They had to pay for that sample in the end. I mean, F- I get... I, I sort of... I mean... I, don't don't get me wrong. I don't hate sampling because I love hip hop and stuff. So and and rap, so you know, obviously, which does a lot of sampling happens in that genre. So I think sampling is cool, but I think sampling is cool when you're honoring you're honoring the original from whence that sample came. Yeah, that's why you're sampling it is because you're going. This is fucking it's some massive shit. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, they're just paying for like, it, and they just assume recreating that no one Tracy Chapman's fast car with like an auto tuned voice is not the answer I don't think that's for sure no. I'm saying no <laughs> I'm down one. yeah that's big fat no, no well thanks for taking Jono's digression on the music of today uh, we appreciate <laughs> that very much but most importantly you gave us the shits and we're very happy that you did that we got into Jono's canoe shit story it was worth its weight in gold might I say that fecal matter so thank you so much for joining the show, show. Brown gold. my pleasure Brown gold. my shitty it's, pleasure yeah. <laughs> thanks so much Zara Newman uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you on on stage and screen as you almost always are. Thanks. All right, take care. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, Jono. Thank you, Zara. Say hi to Joanna for me. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Coming to you every week from Sydney and Melbourne. Full disclosure, the Jono and Dorge podcast. Jono and Dorge, full disclosure.